Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, as always. Thank you for uh, taking some time. No problem. Good to be with you, Will. Are you joining us from Washington or locally? Locally, um, bounce, bouncing around. Um, if I can keep getting feedback on my truck, it'd be great. But I'm actually still in my in my truck driving, uh, actually en route to Pinckneyville. Well, once again, thank you for being with us today. I wanted to start our conversation today by highlighting the fact that I guess it was two days ago, uh, your office sent out a notice that you had endorsed former President Trump in his re-election campaign. Tell us why you thought this was the time to make that endorsement. Well, let me tell you that I was actually already, there were some events that I had to be in attendance in in Florida. Uh, So I wanted to to talk with him face-to-face on a few issues. Uh, So uh, it was actually on President's Day that I went down to uh, Mar-a-Lago and and met with the president and, and uh, he and I talked, and, and um, you know, you've got to realize that over the years, he we've worked together for his America First agenda, our America First agenda, and that's in securing our borders, holding China accountable, and supporting our veterans. Uh, you know, I was a, at, when he ran the last time, I was his Illinois chair uh, in his previous campaign, um, and he, we, you know, we stood together and brought jobs back to Granite City. He had a, a major fly-in for that, and then he had that Mur- the fly-in to the Carbondale Airport, Carbondale-Murfreesboro Airport, uh, where we had such a large crowd. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, regardless of whether people want to talk about his personality and everything like that, the agenda that he put forth had the United States in a great place. Uh, our, na- our, our, uh, our enemies feared us. Our allies trusted us. Uh, the economy was booming. Jobs were coming back to the United States. Uh, the economy was growing. And up until the time of COVID, uh, that continued to happen. And since this and per- current administration has taken over, and all they did was anything Trump did, they wanted to change it. And by changing it, they caused the economy to spin out of control. They've caused our enemies not to fear us. A war has broken out in in, in uh against a year ago today or this week um with uh russia being so emboldened by not having a strong force in the united states that they attack an uh an innocent country uh ukraine uh you've got china threatening china floating uh, uh spy balloons over the entire united states and i think that we would take a bad tweet once in a while at night uh in comparison to all the things that have went wrong um since this this administration has taken over. I'm curious to know just what the logistics are of meeting with him at this point in time. Obviously, <laughs> he's a former president. Does he have a uh, you know, security protocol that you oh, as yeah. a congressman still have to go through? Yeah, I uh, we had our people reach out, and we have been talking about coming together and talking uh, for quite some time, ever since he made his announcement. Um our, our people, my, my chief of staff and their chief of staff know each other. Um, and uh, so it was a case where I was looking, like I said, I wanted, I wanted to talk to him eye to eye. And Tracy and I went in and did that. Um, but it was a process because we were going to have to be down there anyway. And then we were about an hour and a half away. So we took and drove from where we were at to, uh, to Mar-a-Lago and... and, and um, went in and, and made the arrangements. 
And actually, to tell you the truth, uh, that facility is, is pretty, you know, remember, that is, uh, that is a facility where people visit. Um, but it was closed down for the holiday, but yet we, were, we went in and there was security detail there, and we ended up being a little bit about an hour later than what we had normally planned on being meeting with him. But uh, it was a good meeting, and, and, um, and we, we both uh, kind of said we're in support of each other and as we move forward in the endeavors. Congressman Mike Bost is with us today. A little bit later on in the program, I'm going to feature an interview with a man named Sergei Rakuba, who is with Mission Eurasia, a Christian group that helps uh, folks displaced in Ukraine from the ongoing war there. Today is the one-year anniversary of that uh, invasion. And, uh, of course, there is some division amongst Republicans about whether or not we should continue to be supporting Ukraine's efforts. Uh, What are your thoughts on this uh, one-year anniversary of, of that situation? Well, let me explain it to you this way. I believe that we need to support the Ukrainian people because if not, that we're going to um, uh, end up having to also deal with the fact that with Taiwan uh, and the China that we're not involved and we're not supporting, and, and it will embolden two of the very most powerful uh, uh, of our enemies uh, because they are our enemies they're not even it's not even hidden anymore that you know they would they would do everything they could to overthrow the united states whether it's russia or china um so we make the investment but let me also say this the investment we make we need to make sure we're making the right investment and also that we give oversight to where and how these investments are being used so you just don't throw a blank check out there which some people have suggested you don't just oh stay here. Let let we're going to just keep supplying you and be the only ones to supply you. We need to make sure that not only are we making the investment into the things that will affect it the most. Uh, you know, I think the tanks were wise in sending the uh, the air supply support that we're 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 air, air uh, aviation equipment that we're going to be sending, uh, and the other things that we've made investments in in the long term will save us uh, if we get, allow this conflict to end as fast as possible. We don't put boots on the ground, but we do give oversight to make sure that what we are investing in is being done correctly. United States Congressman Mike Bost with us today. Another bill that I know you've been working on for quite some time is a bill that is important to many people in the trucking industry. It's to uh, try to appropriate some money to find places for these over-the-road truckers to just park so they're not on every shoulder and, and interstate on and off ramp. Yeah, so just so you know, and, and, and I know all your listeners know that I was born and raised in a trucking business, and I understand what's involved with it, and, and that we have had this problem for quite some time, but the lack of parking spaces is a well-known problem. There is one parking spot for for 11 for every 11 trucks on the road. Now, think about what I just said. There's one parking spot for every 11 trucks on the road. Oftentimes, drivers have to make park that, that in places that are unsafe to them or unsafe to other pedestrians and other un, unsafe to other drivers. So we're going to reintroduce the Truck Parking uh, uh, Safety Improvement Act that I've, I've been carrying for several years. Uh, and, I, you know, hope, hopefully we'll be able to get it through, move through the House, which we did last year, but the Senate didn't pick it up. We'll be working to make sure that the Senate picks it up. And, and and the thing is, almost every trucking group out there knows and understands this, and it is a priority for them to push. So it is a united front 
to try to get the Senate to, first off, to get it back through the House and get the Senate back on where they will actually carry it and, and move it through and get it to the president's desk so that we can start expanding the existing truck parking areas for the safety of not only the the, 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 the professional drivers, but those drivers like you and I that might be going from point A to point B, and all of a sudden there's a truck placed somewhere that isn't safe. Congressman Mike Bost is with us. We all watched the Votorama when it came to uh, making sure that Kevin McCarthy was the new Speaker of the House. I wonder, have the fault lines that became visible within the Republican caucus uh, healed at any uh, to this point? Or I, Yeah, I, let me explain it this way. I, I guess, you know, it was real wild because you got a lot of coverage on those votes and when everything was going on like that. And I think that's pretty well what that group wanted they they wanted to say have an open process and and you and i have talked about this before there's two things that they'll ruin the taste of if you watch either one of them being made one is sausage and the other one's law and and so people maybe were offended and 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 were frustrated by watching the process that is the process uh now it's the first time in 100 years that they've seen that because what we normally do is have the votes and i thought we had the votes five weeks before uh when when we had exactly the same deal that we got at the end of the vote. But but that being said, in answer to your question, if you want the proof that the fault lines have been uh, healed up and, and, and everybody's working together, look at the amount of accomplishments we did on the week after. And, you know, the media didn't really cover that well. But what we did was we went in the week after, and all of the things I'm going to list off are things we did in the first week after we had the speaker vote done. First, we repealed the the 887,000 IRS agents. We carried it. We sent a bill over to the Senate that dealt with uh, uh, the born alive bill that that, that if a a child is born of a a botched abortion, you have to provide medical care. We sent a bill over that says that that, uh, made it very, very strict on anyone who would attack a a pro-life clinic. Um, churches or any other person or person or groups that would be standing up in support of life. Uh, we actually uh, moved um, a resolution at, that created the China Task Force, which is and it, that was done in a bipartisan manner um, to make sure that we are looking into China on everything that they're doing from uh, buying our land, buying land up in this United States owning and controlling corporations that operate in the United States, that, that the, Communist China, uh, the, the Chinese Communist Party is moving in, uh, and, and, and also the, the military buildup in which they're having, and, and the, just all over where they are the biggest threat to the United States. That resolution passed. The other resolution passed condemning China for, the flight, for, uh, uh, for their, a lot of their actions. So all of these things, that have, and several others, were all done in the first week. So in answer to your question, yeah, I think we're healed up and we're pulling in the right direction. Mike Bost is with us. We won't keep you much longer. I've got several text messages on the text line. Uh, people seem to be quite interested with this George Santos character. And a couple <laughs> couple people want me to ask you just generally what's your opinion of, of, of his uh, situation. Well, his situation is the people from his district elected him. 
It is not the job. Now, if he committed a crime, and though you wish it was, but lying is not a crime, um, and or expanding on the truth is not a crime. It's questionable character, but it is not a crime. So it's up to the voting, uh, the laws of his state, and the voting people, if they, if, they're, if they have in his state the ability to recall, they can do that. Let me tell you that he himself made a choice not to accept any of the nominations to any of the committees. So he's on no committee. So he's a voting member, but he is not on any committee. Um, and he's kind of uh, off by himself on an island by himself. Uh, but it, I think it's amazing, Will. And, and, you know, whenever I ran for state representative. By the time the election cycle got through, anything that wasn't factual in my life or any problem I had in my life came out because of the study, because of the research and everything like that that normally happens to you when you run for an office, even the size of state representative. To run for Congress and have all this come out after the fact, it's an amazing situation, but it's up to his voters to decide if they don't want him there. And last question, I know that you've been moving around your new district a lot. You've been going from place to place on what you're calling a, a listening tour. What is the uh, goal of uh, making it to all these various spots in your district? Well, I'm, you are right. I'm traveling around all of Southern Illinois. Remember, I, I represent one-third of the landmass of the state of, of Southern Illinois. Last week, I was everywhere. I was in Cumberland County, Hardin County, Washington County. Uh, this week, um, I am in. Uh, I was in Wayne County, Hamilton County, uh, talking with constituents uh, in in all of those places I've listed. Talking with constituents, talking with actually Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we were uh, actively going out and and involved with the uh, farm bureaus and meeting with the farm bureaus. A lot of those counties are very very big ag counties. A majority of them are. Uh, and then we actually have uh, uh, going to to uh, uh, Fayette County. Uh, is tomorrow night for a Lincoln Day dinner, so the campaign side still keeps going as well. So by the time it's all said and done, I've pretty well traveled the 34 counties, either traveling through or stopping and talking with people all along the way. It's a representative form of government. you got to make sure you get out there and touch it. Congressman, thank you so much for your time. We hope you have a great day. Will, thank you very much. Great business with you again.